Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where for a change, my friends and I will attempt to write a complete scenario for the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Uh, consider me your host, Tom Rayleigh. Uh, before we begin, though, I'd like to give a big shout out to Miskatonic University Podcast and to Chaosium for their support, for mentioning us, and for linking to us. Uh, thank you so much. That's really cool. Uh, last week, most of us were busy with other projects, so we skipped a week, uh, but we're back and we're ready to put on our creator's caps. Uh, Tyler and Morgan have been busy writing the storyline out while uh, Jason and Zane have been working on characters. I've been working on maps and floor plans. It's all been a load of fun. So uh, where are we, guys? Who wants to start? <laughs> I don't even know what to do. So it, the one thing that I'll say is it is very interesting. So, so normally when I write scenarios, you know, it's me writing the scenario. So, you know, I, I, I can, end, uh, you know, just take it from start to finish or jump around as I want. It's very interesting, you know, writing it with somebody else and, you know, having to start in the middle and, you know, while, while Morgan is writing the beginning and, you know, just kind of have to go based on where I think it's going to be um, until I actually see his uh, document. Unfortunately, you know, when uh, Morgan sent it over today, um, it, it lined up pretty well. I, I went back in and, and made some edits to my stuff to make it kind of flush a little bit more. Um, but that was not something, honestly, that I was expecting. Um, that, that was a little bit of a challenge. Um, not, not for, you know, any, you know, reason outside of, it, you know, when you have two people writing like this, it's, it's, it's a little bit different. Mm. Yeah. I, I can appreciate it because I had a similar situation when I was, um, you know, coming up with NPCs and just sort of jotting down ideas and done it all. And then AJ Morgan posted his bit and I'm like, cool. So my hotel owners all of a sudden had a son. Um, so I've had, to, you know, just like chuck in all these extra and, and, and things like that. So yeah, I, I get what you mean. It's, it's, it is quite interesting when, I mean, I've written scripts and stuff before <laughs> where it's just been me and then, it's nice to have someone there though, because you can bounce ideas off them and refine everything. So it can work really well. Well, okay, looks, I, I agree. Sorry, go on. I was just cause it looks to me like you guys are starting to come up with names and they're starting to go into the stories. And I see that you, you'll put ideas and names into, into your, into what you're writing. What they can always be changed. That's right. <coughs> yeah. And, and that's where I'll come in on the back end. Yeah. Hmm. But I think this is a great exercise for uh, especially the newer authors because as a when you're doing freelance gigs, you can be hired to do part three of a five-part campaign mm. and have all of these specs that you have to put in and knit together. And you're like, how the hell am I going to fit mine with all of these, you know, you know fit my widget in so it works with everyone else's? Um, so it's a, it's a really good skill to, to develop and it does keep you on your toes. It makes you a better, you know, it takes you out of your comfort zone, makes you a better author. Mm. That that's actually really interesting. So, uh, I know that you work on part of horror on the Orient express three scenarios, two originals and, and a rewrite. And so they basically what they tell you kind of, this is where the story's going. Um, I was told, okay, we hear you're the guy for Cthulhu Invictus. And our guy who was going to do the Cthulhu Invictus chapter, he's swamped and he can't do it. So we need a Cthulhu Invictus adventure set in Byzantium involving the cult of the skin and this 
cultist guy and you know some kind of skin monsters that come off of people and mm. i'm like what <laughs> <laughs> oh and spoiler it's 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 the big reveal of the origin story of the super villain so you oh, know wow. no pressure and i was like <laughs> did somebody turn on a strobe light in here oh my god <laughs> but you know it was mark morrison i mean it's a golden age you know golden age master it was like that was my moment when, you know, for Batman Beyond fans, when Terry McGillis meets Superman and said, hey, you want to join the Justice League? <laughs> Fuck yeah, I want to join the Justice League. Do I want to write for Far From the Earth Express? Of course. I couldn't even <laughs> afford to back this. You know, now I'm going to get a cop copy. This is awesome. So but it literally took were me- you given... Go ahead. Sorry, were you given, like, the, the, the previous adventure, like the previous adventure that led up to your scenario? So you kind of knew where the villains had been or like where the players may have sort of gone. Did you have, well, luckily it was a, it was a flashback episode taking part in the Roman empire. Okay. So it wasn't really connected, but that's lucky. They, they had set it up that the plot was already worked out and, and, and meshed into other scenarios. So I basically was given like, it was like uh, those shows where you get a basket of odd ingredients and you've got to make a dish. Oh, yeah. Out of it. <laughs> a basket of plot points and I had to knit it together to... into an, an adventure um, which sounds a lot like what you guys are going through right now with uh, looking at the previous work and say oh that's a good idea I've got to change it or this doesn't make any sense with what I've got um, so you guys are kind of doing some of the pre-edit work before mm. but it's a great skill to, to develop especially when you're working you know on a campaign or a collection or, or something like that. Cool. Yeah, because you did the other part. You did the, the Serbian part, didn't you? I did and, the uh... Serbian part, which was uh, widely reviewed as the worst scenario in the book, <laughs> and they wanted oh, me to rewrite no. it. <laughs> that was the one where you get the eye plucked out and you have no role to avoid it. Right. Um, it, was, it was the biggest railroad railroad scenario on the railroad campaign. Um, <laughs> so really, critics just tore it apart, and it broke my heart because it was written by my by my mentor, um, uh, you know, R- Richard Watts, was the guy who kind of answered my fanboy email back in the early two thousands uh, when I was writing Ripples from Carcosa and helped me out a lot. So I'm like, I can't rewrite my mentor's stuff. And they said, we asked him, he's the only, you're the only one he wants to rewrite it. Uh-huh. So he signed off on it and I just went, you know, I took a, basically a hacksaw to it and, and added in so much, so many other elements to it um, that it was almost unrecognizable. I had people play the original and halfway through my version, they look at me and say, I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> I am literally lost. And I've played this before. Um, it had all the, the key points. It was just a lot longer, um, and it had a lot more ways to get to these key points. Right. right. Well, and it's, it's interesting when you take take the same idea, um, and you can kind of see in our little process here where, where we're thinking of different kind of setups of, of the same idea, where Zane's idea of who was running the hotel was similar to but different than mine, or like the, with the mind section that Tyler had written versus what I had kind of written as like the introduction like you get these you can go so many different directions with the same idea which i find very very cool and it's very 
refreshing to see other people's takes on the same thing. Yeah. I mean, the lucky thing, obviously, for me is I'm literally just making the care. I'm like fleshing out the characters a bit more. So, you know, it, it wasn't a big issue for me to, to, I mean, you were picturing a whole family. I had, I already had like a, a couple owning the hotel, but I didn't have them having any kids or anything. So it wasn't a big like spanner in the works. Like luckily I, I'll, I'll follow me and Jason will kind of follow where you and Tyler and, um, want. And if you want to have, um, you know, uh, a, 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 I don't know, drug dealer, we'll, we'll, we'll create a drug dealer for you. Like, <laughs> that's it's a good thing with just doing the characters you could add or ascend anybody mm. it, the story is not fully written so if you totally. wanted to put something in last minute or take two people out it it doesn't matter it's a, the final product will have it all in so right. yeah um totally. and i have um that run it are going to alter it too they always yeah. oh, of course yeah especially if they're wanting to make it part of like a an ongoing campaign that something they're running yeah, something that no. ties into stuff they've already done. Yeah. Um, um, I have a question that came up a little while ago, and that's uh, uh, I mentioned uh, I drew a map of the mines and the tunnels, um, but really it has a lot to do with what kind of mine it is, is the way the mine's going to look. Because mines, mines, coal mine's one thing, and a silver mine's one thing, a gold mine. Jason pointed out that that area has a lot of gold mines. So it might just be a gold mine. That would, that would make the most sense. You're on mute, Oscar. If that's what the history shows is is there, then that's what we should definitely go with. Um, let, me, let me show you this because my question was, whoops, what happened? Um... It has to do with complexity. Uh, you've you've done uh, you've done a lot of these games before. So when I draw a mine, let's say like this, where the square part is uh, is the man-made part, and the rest of it is the colony of sand dwellers. Is it nice way too complex? Is it way too complicated? Is this going to be impossible for the GM to go, now you make a right, now you make a left, now you make a left, now you make a right? No. I think you're fine. I think this is beautiful work. Think it's okay then? Okay. Yeah, because we're not going to – I don't think we would, you know, map out what's in every single room. We're, I, I, I guess I, I've been, like, reading through a lot of uh, Dungeon Crawl Classic scenarios – um, and if you've ever looked at those, they're like the old school D and D where when you look at the maps, they have a map like this, but the rooms ha are numbered or the major, the major rooms are numbered. Right. And so I, I could imagine something like that where, you know, we're just, we're only going to pick probably, you know, maybe four or five, six of these rooms and add stuff in there and maybe give mm. some ideas for the keeper of, Oh, if they go down this, you know, here's some other things that you can throw at them or, like you said, you know, the keeper is going to come up with stuff on the fly that we're never going to think of. So right. they can add it in on their own too. Okay. The easiest way to cut through the <clears throat> clutter and the difficulty of the map is just when the players are in the mines, mm. have the prisoners ungagged. They hear the screams, they hear the pleads, they hear the, 
deep ones chant the 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 sand dwellers chanting in their alien language and then they just need to make successful listen rolls to follow the sign to the big cave where everyone is ah, um, yeah, that's and great. then after when they're fleeing for their lives and there are sand dwellers screaming from every direction then they get lost trying to find their way out ah. which would be fun um, but you can get to the big climax you can cut through the wandering around mapping and being bored by just having them you know follow the tracks of the victims you know give them the tracks yeah. of the victims or the sound give them two ways to screw this up and burn some luck you know trying to find this temple area so there's definite um in-game ways that we can write in i mean we're inserting 20 words of text and you've already given them two ways to cut through wandering around aimlessly and if they're dumb enough not to map their way out or leave a string or a trail of breadcrumbs, well, that's not our fault. Or, right, right. Well, horrible or problem. I mean, they're, they're, they're the ones who've got to get out of the mine. Mm -hmm. We're safe on the other side of the keeper screen. What do we have to worry about? Cool. So did we want to not necessarily read through all of this, but we can discuss parts that we've read. I'm not sure, sure. what we're going to do. Uh, I started with uh, with Morgan's. Uh, uh, he's given a lot. Of, now, now, Morgan, did you get these names from the other guys, or did you just put names in? No, I, these are just the random I, names. I was, I was just, I was going to sit down, and I just like, I, I wrote all of the. I just got on the writing spree and kind of wrote this all out. And I just, whenever I needed a name, I just kept going because I'm like, I don't want to wait around for. For some names to be handed to me, I, if, like if we don't write anything, it's never going to get written. So, I just went for it. <laughs> Very good. When I when I do the same thing, when I get to names, I just put in all caps name name. <laughs> and when I go back on an edit, I name everyone. But if I want to keep mm. keep going, I just keep going. Um, and when I need names, I pull up a 1900 census of that state. And crap, yep, that's what I would basically that's what I was doing. I was just like any the first thing that popped into my head, I'm like, yep, that's it. <laughs> so that's how the hotel got its name. I'm just like, uh, pen ben. All right, get right. You know, whatever. Is you just just gotta keep going. So one of the things I noticed in here is we're going to assume that the paleontologists have in fact found the bones of sand dwellers which they can't identify. That's why you say they're only 100 years old, which... Right. The, the idea is why, why they get so excited is because they're finding these, these bones. And, my, and, thought, and the thought in my head is they were sand dwellers that maybe were killed when they attacked the ghost town that kind of were left rotted out there. You know, some kind of remains of these creatures that they're like, oh, this is so interesting. And that's why they get so excited. Because as we were talking about earlier, I think how there was the whole... Um, a whole kind of craze to find new living creatures and the yeah, yeah. so they they got really sick like we actually found something so then they call for more people and then they all get uh, taken before people show up so um hold on sorry i'm making a note here because i uh, i'm gonna be honest with you i didn't for some reason that, that didn't click in my head when i was reading through your stuff um so uh hold on sorry um, so the, um, the skeletons, you know, right now, if I remember right, 
or we, we haven't laid out what evidence they have or, you know, I mean, in, in the scenario, you know, you or your part, you, you lay out that they found the skeletons uh, and all that. Um, I, I think what we need to do um, is have them, there has to be photographic evidence somewhere in their, um, in, in their uh, belongings that the uh, PCs find early on in like act one or act two, because um, jumping a little bit ahead in uh, act four, when they get to the ghost town, one of the scenes that I wrote in there was in the jail when, you know, they, they attacked the, you know, the, the backstory is the sheriff caught one of the, the sand dwellers in a jail cell and shot him to death. So the skeleton is still in there. So if the PCs have seen that before, then that's even more of an impact. Mm. Oh no, I, I yeah, really like this, that. Yeah, they find this desiccated corpse of the same skeleton. Because I, I, mean, I thought it was just like a naked man. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, and, I'm gonna rewrite that part to to call back to your stuff. Yeah, I have a um, I have written that the the the. Uh, the team had been like storing stuff in the hotel like, like like they had some stuff and so they do have like one of those bones okay. is in their stuff they find it they find some of the weird rocks they find the weird statue they find the stuff that the archaeologists were kind of finding out there like mm. the warning markers that were left in the town they gather those up they gathered the little idol that was left in the town you know they, they, they just gathered all the stuff up and then they went out back out there for more and then they were they were taken so so, it's been my thoughts to say it's gathered the yeah. stuff that the, the PCs find pretty quick because when they're their first thought is like, well, let's go look at their stuff. They'll get these things that that way when they see a statue later on, they're like, oh, and when they see those skeletons later on, they're like, oh, no. Yeah, that would be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It could be like the that. impetus for the whole thing that back at university they discovered in their collection a bone they couldn't identify, but that it had come from the <coughs> That's why they went there in the first place. That is definitely that. a possibility. We're not. Yeah. Right, this is still a work in progress, so we can, whatever. I just, post, I just posted a link to something that I want to float by you guys. Uh, I was just trying to dig this up. Oh, that's cool. Okay, oh, this is sick. supposedly an actual photo of a giant unidentified ape creature that was shot in in some <clears throat> you know and of course you know everybody thinks it's a foe of you know uh, uh, a hoax and um the body went missing and there were people posing with it and it was like oh it was like seven feet tall um if you want some photographic evidence why don't these paleontologists be tracing an old still cowboy photo of some dudes posing with a dead sand dweller yeah they've got some they've got some tracks they've got a few bones and they've got this oddball picture that may or may not be fake but they've got some bones and maybe it's the bones of the creature in the photo and i know Mm. morgan you can draw like nobody's business i'm sure you can doctor a sand dweller cowboy hunting trophy photo yeah well on that as well um i have been talking to um a couple of my friends who are artists who are looking at potentially jumping on and drawing all of our npcs and creatures and big bad and stuff like that so we will have some pretty cool i think uh, that'd be a creepy handout yeah Yeah, you know 
Thanks, Oscar. This is going to haunt my nightmares. <laughs> it's it's right. what I do. It's what I do, my friend. That, You're the one who invited me on. <laughs> no, that, that, that's would, an excellent, excellent that, idea. Yeah, that reminds me. I just put a link up. There was a Civil War veterans oh. posing with a pterodactyl. I remember oh, yeah, that. I love this one. Yeah, I just put the link up for that. That's another one of that. That's a... It's all there, guys. All you got to do is look at history. These things write themselves. Just respect the process and take a look at history now and again. That monkey's that monkey pictures creep me up for years. It, oh yeah. <laughs> right. And so yeah, we yeah, have. I can't scenes. stop staring at it. <laughs> it is creepy. It's horrible. And for those playing at home, this is Delroy's ape. I, I'm gonna. I'll show him a picture. Okay. Great. Yeah. There's, probably, there's better photos. I just couldn't find it. There's one of the guys posing with it. But I, I just couldn't find that one. Yeah, either I, I can whip something up or, or Zane's people can whip, whip or, something yes. up. Um, okay. I just sent you guys a link to um, the guy I'm talking to at the moment who seems somewhat keen. Um, he's got a few like Innsmouth kind of guys looking up there and stuff. So he's pretty good. Yeah. Cool. Um, as far as uh, NPC sort of stuff goes, <clears throat> um, me and Jason haven't done heaps, really. We've kind of just jotted down some some names. And um, <clears throat> sorry, I've got a bit of a cough. Um, and like what professions we think would be needed in the town. So like I said, we had a few people for the hotel. Um We've got like a, a husband and wife situation now who have a son. Um, we, we, uh, and then we've got like a maid and a bellhop. Um, the other question, I've, uh, we've got the, the archaeologist or the, um, the people who have gone missing and stuff like that. You wrote from the University of South Carolina. Or Did whatever. I write, yeah. 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 yeah I, I, I typoed. I wrote <laughs> South Carolina um, no, he said Colorado State University. Okay, oh, Colorado State. Um, would we want to make that miskatonic? No, well, I don't we, think miskatonic's we, really necessary. If if it's paleontology, then yeah, I think we okay, found Colorado. out that that's a really good place. Or I think uh, Chicago, you know, the Chicago. University of Chicago. Or I mean, the, I'm assuming the film crew are going to be from Hollywood. Yeah, maybe. Or Oscar, you were muted. I, so you're trying to say something? Find out what kind of film films were being made back in the 20s. Uh, University of Chicago had a great paleontology program all from the 1880s to the 1940s. Oh, uh, nice. Some of, and most of the really good fossils in museums all across America are copies of fossils that the uh, were from expeditions funded by uh, University of Chicago. Yeah, so that makes sense. That's for the history boys out there who go, hey, Chicago, why Chicago? Oh, yeah. Actually. Well, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now I've got you guys doing it. Oh, my so, word. It's so good. So now something also I've noticed when reading through this, uh, Morgan, uh, I get the impression that people in the town are aware that the paleontologists are missing. And I thought that our characters were going to find them and they discovered that they're missing. 
that their camp has been destroyed. They're just well, the people. The people in town haven't seen them in a few days, and they're a little worried. Right. Well, you said that the sheriff. I think you said the sheriff went. Out. I think I said that the sheriff went out, but couldn't find him. Right. If they were supposed to be back on Monday, and because I, I I have a part where the the lady who greets him at the hotel when they say they're looking for the archaeologist, she says, "Oh, well, they said that they were." They plan to be back to meet you. I guess they're, you know, just some little comment. Or they plan to be here. No, that makes sense then. Right. So, so it's kind of mentioned. And so I also kind of, I thought I had the idea that the townsfolk here, they're, they're trying to grow the town. And so they're really, really excited that um, more people are showing up because they're like, oh, put what's, you know, put our town on the map. And so like everybody's like intensely interested when they're in town and to what they're doing. And like trying to ask questions and stuff. And mm. They're just they're curious. I mean, they're they're just living in a town. There's nothing else exciting going on. They want to. Now, also, let's see. I was looking at the library. Um, how long? Well, I guess it's not. If if the library has records of Mel's Creek then was it really a secret or yeah see i we we just mentioned clue like in our initial discussions i wasn't sure quite what clues to include in the library so it was kind of just spitballing there maybe maybe all they find the, in the library is references to a failed settlement that was called mel's creek see now i was under the assumption that any real, besides what you just said, any real information about the ghost town would be come from any of the local Native Americans. Yeah. So, like, we, I think we had talked about the livery stable owner was an, a Native American, and he would be the one warning them about, all oh, the don't go to that town, you know, tell them some kind of ghost tale or whatever. You could and also then, have some kind of old-timer in the town that said, well... My dad, when I was little, my dad used to talk about this town. Mm. You know, I mean, of course, it's, you know, if it was illegal, they're not going to report it. Um, but we can still have the hard success on a, a library use role in the town records or the, or the uh, newspaper, find some cryptic reference to it and give a general location. Even if it's like just, uh, like a, th a thing about someone saying, oh, I had to send all this wood um, to make houses up into the hills or whatever it was, and they can go, why would they need to send all those, well, those I, yeah, I, wood? I and about, yeah, a clue of some journals in the library where somebody wrote down, these people were passing through with all this building material. Yeah. And said they were headed off to Mills Creek. And that's kind of like this, like, like this journal that was in the library or whatever was kind of the clue I had in mind where people were talking about the movement of people and, and stuff up there. But then again, that's... Now, when we talk about a hollow, is a hollow a place where the, the hills all sort of come together and they form this low area that's wet and that's why the trees are all growing there? A hollow, you kind of get like a little valley, a mm -hmm. go down into it. I think so. 
Now, with that, maybe there could even be some sort of with the hard library use role or whatever. Maybe there could be a, like a short little article about a child that went missing and was found up near some abandoned town. And that would be the only reference, maybe something like that. Well, I guess it'd be like an old newspaper report. Like some clippings of some right, stuff. Right, right. It it seems a little contrived. I, yeah. I you know, I've gone into a lot of these historic when I lived back east, you'd go into these historical and they've always got some big old map on the wall and it might just say failed settlement. You know? Okay. Because they don't have any records, but they know there's something out there and I like that. And they've never gone out there and nobody really cares. Maybe somebody went out there a while back and all there is a bunch of busted up buildings and we could even am I muted? Hold on. No, we can even have just an X an X on the map and said uh, uh, claim pending registration. Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe they filed the claim, but since it was Indian land, it got tied up in legal. So now it's just a pending claim X on a map. Mm. I'm thinking of uh, what's that movie, Yellow Brick Road? Wizard of Oz? No, Yellow Brick Road. Oh. Where, they, where they just say there was a, a bunch of settlers that went in that direction and they never, never came back. Yeah. Scary movie. If you want to watch a creepy movie, Yellow Brick Road. Yeah, never heard of it. Hence why it's brought up Wizard of Oz when you said it. Anyway. <laughs> It's weird. It's got an extremely weird ending. But <laughs> and if a bunch of people go uh, up into the mountains and go missing, don't send a new group to that mountains because then they're going to find these shapes of holes in the wall that match them exactly, and they're going to get pulled. Junji Ito. <laughs> Purifying. Have you been reading Junji Ito now? Yes, I have. Damn it. Good. <laughs> well, I haven't slipped. Junji Ito is nightmarish, his artwork. Oh, okay, now, so I'm, now I'm on uh, Tyler's stuff. Oh, we got the storm that comes in. Excellent. Mm, I like that, but... Gotta he love is crazy cannibal. Yeah, I didn't flush anything out for him, really. <laughs> Jason the cannibal. <laughs> the first thing that he says to them is, it's been so long since I had a decent meal. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, no, the first thing he does when he walks up is... I'm going to eat you live with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. <laughs> uh, let's see. I can see no legal ramifications whatsoever. <laughs> I think the best line in that movie, though, is, I must go, I'm having the police commissioner for dinner. <laughs> I'm having an old friend for dinner. Yeah. yeah. An old an old friend. I'm having an old friend for dinner. And you're like, are you having an old friend or is your what woo? You know? All right, so yeah. This looks cool. It, some of the the things <coughs> I need to um flush out a little bit more, like the 
I was just kind of, when I was writing it, I was just kind of going through and just coming up with stuff off the top of my head and just trying to flush out the environment before I went into things mm -hmm. like events and stuff like that. So I still need to add stuff like that in. Um, if anybody has any, you know, good creepy stuff to add into the ghost town, let me know. Um, I'm going to ha also have it where um, if the, the PCs try to leave, um, unless they go to where the um, where the cannibal's cabin is or start heading towards the mine, you know, the storm is just going to pick up even more and then somehow they're going to find themselves back at the town. So mm. not, you know, to kind of, you know, keep them there and almost force them to, to kind of go the way that we, the keeper wants them to. Yeah. Hmm. I'm thinking about the uh, the cemetery. Now, if the cemetery in the ghost town, uh, I've been in a couple of extremely old Western sort of cemeteries, and a lot of times they didn't have they didn't have a stonemason to make stones. Mm. So they they take a, a a slab of wood. And they'd carve the words into it. But when you see it, it's all, by now it's all weathered and you can barely read anything that's written on it. Um, we could leave little things there that make the characters all freak out want to figure out what's going on. Rubbings don't do any good because it, it's too rough. I don't know, I was just thinking that when I saw the, the, the gravestones. Yeah, that could be good too. Mm. You could have the uh, you could have the old guy living in the basement of the church. Might be the one place in town that actually had a basement. Mm. Yeah, the Dancing Bear Saloon. Yeah, I just came up with that name off the top of my head. So I love that name. I I really love that name, the Dancing Bear Saloon. Nice. And Hotel Xavier. Yeah, that was another one I just came up with. We can absolutely change that one. I kind of I kind of melted the saloon and the hotel because when I when I thought about it, why would a little little town have a saloon and have, a hotel? Have a hotel. Mm, I see what you're saying. <coughs> they might have some rooms up in the top of the of the saloon itself. Yeah. Okay. That's we could have like a little statue of a dancing bear outside the dancing bear and then a little statue of a bald guy in a wheelchair outside the Xavier Hotel. <laughs> what if what if another gruesome detail would be that some of the people from the town locked themselves in the jail cell? and that the sand dwellers couldn't get to them and they just starved to death because they, they wouldn't leave the jail cell and they wouldn't. They were too or, or, or the doors That's just never, ripped off. You're never going to be able to tell that story and just remains. Um, it could be yeah. they're going to see the bones in the cell and they think, oh, everybody died before they could let these poor drunks out and they all uh, died. You know, it's, it's, now, it's a good story, but there's just no way to tell it from the evidence. We can it, leave it. Isn't there a dead sand dweller in one of in those? One of yeah. Okay. 
I mean, that story tells you, you find the sand one, you go, oh, they caught one. You gotta, gotta figure out what, what the sand. The sand dwellers look a little bit like horny toads. I've always thought they look like big eyed horned toads. They're described as looking like koala bears with longer limbs and bodies and stuff. We can make them look like whatever we want. Our our sand dwellers could be a South Dakota subspecies and (laughs) these are the South Dakota sand dwellers. Well, actually, there weren't any sand dwellers at South Dakota. (laughs) (laughs) There are now. We're authors. We can do that. Okay, well, do we have anything else? We'll just continue with what we're working on. Um, I've got some housekeeping things, but I don't know if it's going to be interesting enough to put on the air. Okay. Um, now, the sand dweller that died in the, the the jail cell, was it shot? Are there, like, buckshot in it? Is there, yeah, do they I lock it? it in okay, okay. It looks like uh, Gollum. Yeah, a little bit. It kind of does, yeah. Will there be that diary in the town also from the the woman or whoever? I remember we had talked about a woman leaving a diary saying about the you know a little bit of what was happening with the stones or possibly the creatures. That's a good one too. If if somebody if we want to come up with the key points that need to be in the diary. I can also create the diary, make it look like a diary, mm. you know, uh, but I don't want to say too much or, or too little. I just want to get out the key points. Okay. I was doing the laundry today and the big Sam horny toad. <laughs> One thing I'd like to, to just kind of throw out there to everybody writing these sections. Um, don't be afraid to follow a white rabbit down a hole. If something seems really interesting and opportune, um, don't worry. Don't worry about approval. Just just write it and we'll talk about it. And in editing, if I keep it in, if I leave it out or, you know, it. but if you've got a good idea, don't be afraid to write it down uh, and we'll all decide whether it stays or not, but don't lose it. Don't second guess yourself and let it slip away. Because some of the best things you're going to come up with in a scenario are never part of the outline. They're stuff that will come to you as you're living in that spot, as your mind is immersed in that setting. um, Things will come to you and they're just awesome. So don't be afraid. Um, Definitely put those things in. And uh, we'll see what gems we keep and what gems we don't. Yeah. And one other thing we actually were just starting to address before we went live, the stones. Are they going to be hot or are they going to be cold? I like, yeah, I I like about that. Lydia Morgan that the guy got burned. Yeah, I, 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 had a, I had a section where if you go talk to the doctors, they, talk, they mentioned how one of the archaeologists had, came in with burns on his hands, but they didn't really say how well we got them well i thought it would be interesting to mislead the the players by saying that he had burns on his hands and when they talk to the doctor they'll say oh no no they were cold burns mm-hmm. and that'll be like oh that's weird not for south dakota in the winter, winter. Cold, cold. that's what that's that's what cold i was burns saying are going to be frostbite how are they going to tell that um 
how are they going to tell that these stones so they uh, have give off cold when everything's they have, cold? They have, they have, well, when they pick one up in the hotel that is heated and nice and warm because the archaeologists brought some back to the hotel from one of their searches, they, I have written in there that there's a, like a box with some of them in there and the players pick them up. They're cold. They're just frigid cold. It's terribly cold. Like I'm, frostbite cold? I'm not sure that the stones really have to be that magical. I think they're... Okay. I think that they might just be part of the magic that, well, I just said no magical, but they're part of the thing that's causing the, uh, the, the, the food to rot. And yeah. They're, they're like, well, I'm sorry, that was my sort of vision of it, is that when the Sandel dwellers first discovered the people, they left these rocks around town to start cha- cursing them and chasing them away. But the people didn't know the land if they were. Yeah. I, I kind of just pictured more of the that that kind of cursed stuff happening just because of direct action from the same. Like they didn't leave cursed objects there. They were kind of casting spells to to do stuff, like one of their shaman or whatever. In my mind, I kind of envision that the the stones and things kind of come from whatever deity that they worship or you know, whatever the old one is. It's like their leftover artifacts. Leave them or whatever, you know, I don't know. Just that they were something just some strange material that they had access to. I'm not sure that the stones are actually even necessary to the story. But we can, you know, leave them in for now. Mm -hmm. Because the story works with or without them. It could just be shamans doing magic down in the caves that causes everything to rot. Yeah, that's They're fine. I'm not. I'm not hooked on the stones. I just remember them I'm coming just, up. I'm just throwing that out there. We're just because we've already got weird bones, right? You know, which I really like that idea. Right. The the, the stones, though, I, I will say, you know, even if we don't give them magical properties, it it ties the sand dwellers to the the mine, um, because one of the things that I did, I, I kind of <coughs> off of Morgan's how it was like an unusual black rock, if I'm remembering right. And then, you know, when they're in the town, you know, they're, they're finding these spears uh, or finding, a, in one instance, they find a spear that's been, you know, shoved through a woman and her daughter and it has the same um, black, same yeah, the same mm-hmm. black rock uh, spearhead. And that also kind of ties into, well, you know, this wasn't the Native Americans because they don't use this type of rock. In fact, nobody's ever seen this type of rock except for you yeah. know, the archaeologists. And so uh, I was using that to kind of tie some things together. I like that. That works. What if when they ran them through with that spear that their body rotted except for near the spear itself because there it was frozen solid? like with liquid nitrogen. So there's oh. a chunk of flesh still there around the spearhead and the rest of the body is desiccated or gone. Yeah. yeah. Away. I like that. That's creepy. And so magical stones are cold. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's just free thought flying around. No, I, I like that. It's gruesome too. I really like, like that. that. <laughs> Is that her intestines? Ew. Maybe she's yeah, making yeah. bullets out of them. 
<laughs> I, I completely lost where I put that. I'll find it later. Um, and you know, you kind of you know just brought up something um, that I was thinking about in the when I was you know writing up the the haunted happenings of you know some things that could happen to the PCs as they're traveling in in the forest. I'm I'm looking back at this and um, a lot. I, I think a lot of this, or a lot of the ones that I wrote, um, or at least a couple, are more like body horror which isn't a bad thing, but I want to kind of switch it up so that, you know, there's, there's not just body horror that, you know, they, they run into. So have some psychological horror and, you know, I can't remember the other types off the top of my head, but just kind of mix it up so that it's not, you know, the same thing over and over again, or the same type of thing that they're experiencing. Like the whispering voices coming from the woods. That's a great, yeah. Yeah. Or a thumping sound coming from underground. Mm. that's good too or like or like being watched by like animals oh i like that one right right all of a sudden like especially if there's something that are similar almost to them like if they're like these like these toads that should be hibernating right now or like watching them from like the town windows and stuff like like what the heck are these frogs doing here these toads would you know and just no, and around and stuff. creatures that would normally be docile are almost aggressive Right, that's, that's part you of the unnatural I, animal attacks that happen before they reach the town. Do you know where I think we've got the toad thing from? Is because originally we were using um, Gogoroth, mm. which looks like a toad. That's where we get right. the whole toad thing from. I, I personally don't think the sand dwellers look anything like toads. Um, that's why I think we're, we're going towards toads and toads and blah, 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 blah. Well, I'm thinking when I say toad, I'm actually thinking more like horny toad, uh, uh, a horned lizard. Okay. Yeah, that are, yeah, okay, I get what you mean. They would, yeah. they would look like sand dwellers. We'll say those are a certain desert sand dwellers and ours have, you know, the little ridges of Yeah, horn. I like that. That's quite cool. And yeah. They're still sand colored. They're like a, they're, they're like a different species of the sand dwellers. Right. They're like Membari. Yeah. <clears throat> With bones sticking out of them. All right, I'm going to have a, a grumpy old man moment. Okay. Yay. Story okay. time. Gr grumpy old man moment. All of this is not productive, and it is actually harmful to the writing process of the people who are writing these sections. Um, this inspiration, this energy, this what if, they should shut up and explore that on paper, get their ideas down, and we'll talk about it later. Um, at this point in the writing process, the writers really need to protect and uh, nurture that energy, that, um, that curiosity to explore where the scenes are going. Talking about it and, and getting new ideas, it, it's gonna make them unfocused and it's gonna hurt their motivation. Okay. Okay. And, and I hate to be that guy, and maybe this is just my process, and it doesn't work for this way for anybody else. But I think we've got five thousand odd words down already on two good sections. We've got some momentum going. Um, I think we let the authors power through, see what they come up with, knit it all together, and fix everything in post. We can do fine tuning on the back end. But yes. fine-tuning now when the car is not even built is going to take away from the building process. Mm. Um, so I'm being like project manager, editor, grumpy old man. <laughs> um, 
I, I love what people are doing. I love the maps. I love the NPC names. Um, I love what everyone's doing. What I would love is for everybody to stay in their lane, get their assignments done, get it into me. I'll do the best I can with it. I'll share it with you. We'll all talk about it. We'll make a new draft and then everyone can be happy and have their input. But I think people need to kind of stay in their lane and get their job done because everybody's doing great work. Um, but ultimately, until it's done, we have nothing. And, you know, we're trying to do something. So I think we need to focus on doing it. Cool. Got and it. I'm sorry to be that guy. No, no, no. We're, having a, we're having fun and we're having a good conversation. But, you know, when I'm in the middle of writing, I don't talk about the project until it's done. I need to protect that, that energy. This is what we're working towards is uh, learning how to do this the right way. Well, I don't know if it's the right way. It's the way I do well, it. Well, I mean, I, I totally get it because I often second guess myself and get lost in all of the other ideas. Which, yeah. We, yeah, we had so. two weeks of brainstorming. We're done. We're going to write it and we're going to fix it after. Yeah. But I don't want anyone second guessing themselves. I want them writing, creating, and enjoying that process. All right, cool. Cool. So any other questions before we finish? All right. Nope. Our special thanks to Oscar Rios, Tyler Hudak, Zane Fleming, Morgan Llewellyn, and Jason Melnichok for their participation in this workshop. Uh, be sure to watch our next episode where we will do some more of this, exactly what you've been watching. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch that bell icon for updates on our latest shows and uh, leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answering any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh together with all the members of our gaming club inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. Thank you.